Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Dustin Baker. I'm here with Jason Bowen West, Johnson, Cody Spears, chatting about NFL player movement, talking about dudes, football players who could have new teams in the next probably about three weeks from now. Three weeks from tonight, we'll be right in the thick of free agency. We'll know a lot of stuff by then. Legal tampering starts on March 11th. That's when the real fun starts in the 12th and 13th. Other big news trickle in. So we're going to discuss some would-be spots for certain players and how that could, you know, rock the landscape of the NFL. First, betonline.ag continues to be your number one source for all of your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting contests and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team and remember to use the promo code BLEAV. Believe, B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. The game starts here. NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I've got Wes Johnson, Cody Spears, Jason Bowen, and we're talking about the NFL, of course, tonight because legal tampering and free agency, which is when the party really gets cracking, is 19 days away. Before that, we have the NFL Combine, which is when players will uh, rise and fall in terms of draft placement and then nine weeks away is the NFL draft so what we've chosen to discuss tonight is some player movement new faces that'll go to new places and then at the the bottom of the episode we're gonna get some Cody draft takes that he's burning to reveal Uh, we're gonna go from there Wes I'm gonna start with you sir Um, it doesn't you have the complete blank canvas here you can talk about whichever player whichever position where do you think that man will go and why? I will start with a hot take here, and that's uh, Calvin Ridley, wide receiver for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. I do not see him re-signing uh, in Jacksonville. Um, in a sense, it could be somewhat mutual. Um, as of right now, with Calvin Ridley unsigned, Jacksonville owes Atlanta a third-round draft pick. If Calvin Ridley signs in Jacksonville, that third-rounder becomes a second-rounder. So Jacksonville really has to to look at what the production was last year, if it's worthwhile to forego that additional draft compensation to uh, bring back a player and also pay him handsomely uh, to return. I don't know if that's going to take place. Also, uh, Ridley didn't have the best season last year. It it was kind of underwhelming from uh, his perspective, from the fans' perspective, from a fantasy perspective even. Uh, So I don't know if he would want to return there. Um, I have him signing with Kansas city in the off season. I, I think of the potential premier wide receivers. Uh, Ridley would really? probably be one of the top ones to hit the market. I don't believe T Higgins or Mike Evans really see the light of day. 
Uh, so Ridley is a, a strong candidate for me to, to land in Kansas City. Is he a free agent? He is a free agent. Okay. Because you mentioned something about if they sign. So does Jacksonville like have first dibs on signing him then? To where if they sign him, then Atlanta owes him or they the, owe Atlanta. They owe Atlanta the the second round pick. Yes. If if they if they sign him, but if they don't sign him, they owe they owe Atlanta a third round pick. Okay, the third round pick. So what kind of uh, contract was that when he when he stepped in there to Jacksonville? Uh, whatever his rookie deal was, I, I presume. Oh. Or whatever deal he had uh, in Atlanta. Um, oh, they just picked it up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was suspended a year, and then that's right. Yep. Um, during his suspension year, he was traded to Jacksonville. That uh, Kansas City one will brush up dangerously close to one of mine. Um, I'll get to that in a little bit. <clears throat> Cody, how about you? We got uh, Calvin Ridley possibly to the Chiefs. What's your first humdinger of the night? I'll, I'll leave some low hanging fruit out there for uh, some skill positions. Let's go defense. Um, I got some of these predictions from spot, uh, spot and some that popped out to me for market value. Bryce Huff was super underrated for the jets this past year, really broke out in the pressure category. Um, he's going to hit the free agent market and he's going to get paid and likely get a starting position somewhere rushing the passer. I'd like to see him with the Falcons, Lions, or Cardinals. All three teams have good cap space available. All three should be looking to get an upgrade in the pass rush department. Um, so, yeah, I got Bryce Huff. Uh, let's go ahead and toss another one in there while I'm here. Also, Chase Young. <laughs> On a one-year, $13 million prove-it deal, something like that. Uh, I don't think he showed exactly enough to get a long-term deal with San Francisco, and I don't think that they're in a position to re-sign him there either. So this is another pass rusher for him. I got uh, Falcons, Lions, Colts. So definitely have the Falcons and the Lions both looking to make a move in the free agency pass rushing department. Yeah, I damn you. I wanted Bryce Huff, or I do want him to the Vikings because anytime you pull up any pass rush efficiency stats, he's near the top. And he didn't start a single game for the Jets. He played all 17 with zero starts. Um, so from Vikings lore, it's kind of like Harrison Phillips two years ago where he just needs a chance to start, and then you're mm -hmm. pretty damn sure he's going to be good. So, yeah, hopefully he doesn't go to a different NFC team. I think he can be got for uh, a reasonable edge rusher contract. He hasn't quite proven that he's over the $20 million, so I'm hoping the Vikings can maybe swoop in for three years at $17 mil per year or something like that. Yeah, uh, I have it right here. Their market projection for him is four years, $36 million, $9.2 million a year, which is actually a pretty good deal for an, a starting edge rusher. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's – that's. well, I, I'm perhaps I'm overinflating his value then because, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, I think the guy's really good. And so mm -hmm. maybe maybe his, his prove-it deal starts way at the bottom like that. Uh, Jason, I'm going to ask you this uh, because – Russell Wilson um, may or may not be back in Denver and who knows where he'd end up going and presumably playing for paying, excuse me, playing for cheap. Let's say uh, about week seven or so, who's the QB one for the Broncos in your estimation? Drake may. <laughs> Drake may is going to start for the Broncos <laughs> this just, year, man. They're going to, they're okay, going to trade. Not even, not even have to wait that long. 
No, well, I mean, Stidham might start the first game or two, but it's not going to take long. I, I honestly don't. Th- they're going to get Drake May. They're going to trade three first-round draft picks to move up and get him. They're going to somehow figure out a way to make this trade happen to where they don't have to get rid of uh, Sertan. Um, they may get rid of Judy mm-hmm. and maybe throw in Simmons um, in this deal, but either way, it's happening. Sean Payton's going to do whatever it takes to get him. So you think he uh, he's going to use that much draft capital to get up to probably number two? <laughs> no, of course not. But I hope he does. We can't, <laughs> I mean, we can't. We 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 can't. We you know what? I have I have no idea what I'm even hoping for anymore, Dustin. I I honestly don't. Um, but um, that's yeah. You know, let's let's just go with that hot take. We Drake were uh, talking to uh, Thor Nystrom earlier today, um, and <laughs> and interestingly, I hadn't thought about this, but it was a cool epiphany that uh, Washington's offensive coordinator is Cliff Kingsbury, and it's a much more Kingsburyan pick to go with Jaden Daniels at number two because of if you look at the quarterbacks that uh, Kingsbury has enjoyed and developed, and Kyler Murray and Caleb Williams, he likes kind of those according to Thor, like those out of structure quarterbacks and Drake may can do that, but it's not like his game specifically like it is Jaden Daniels. So on the like, you know, quasi eve of the NFL combine, if Jaden Daniels doesn't disappoint, he might be talked into the second pick. Um, Thor didn't think at all that may as number two was a foregone conclusion, even though we've said as such for about a year and a half. So based on Kingsbury's history, I would say Thor is correct. We should monitor Daniels to Washington instead of New England or whoever gets the number three pick, which means uh, Jason or myself who uh, covet Drake May, you know, the Broncos, the Vikings could somewhat easily trade up to number three because I remain convinced that the Patriots are a lot further away than a quarterback from being um, a contender. And they have this golden opportunity to trade back from three probably get two firsts and two seconds. They got a bunch of three agency room and then really kind of team build. And, and the, if it was the Vikings or the Broncos, they'd get the 11th or 12th overall pick and boom, you know, they can pick JJ McCarthy or Michael Penix or something like that. So yeah, that's my rambling theory right now about uh, from Kingsbury to, to May to the trade factor at number three. But in Kingsbury, right, uh, West surprised you yeah. Kingsbury surprised you that one year too. Remember when he, they took Kyler. Yeah. When you did, yeah. So yeah. Oh yeah. Well, no, they lied to it. That was back when I. I guess I was naive enough to believe that I wouldn't be lied to uh, by general managers and head coaches. They flat out said um, that you know they were sticking with their guy, and then lo and behold, you know, within what about a month for the draft, it had completely changed. That they were just going to Kyler Murray, and there's nothing you could do about it. So yeah. See you, Josh. Josh Rose. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's, see you forever. In fact. Yep. All right, Wes, uh, you you got your next player, free agent, or trade, or whatever you're thinking. Unveil it for us. All right, my next guy, it's kind of a, a no-brainer for me. Um, we have linebacker Aziz Al-Shahir uh, from Tennessee. He is a free agent. Uh, there is a new coaching staff in town. I don't know if he, he will be back in Tennessee. He's He's a capable linebacker, uh, usually finds himself around the ball and making plays. And I see an easy reunion with uh, the team that drafted him, the San Francisco 49ers. 
they lost Dre Greenlaw to an Achilles injury in the Super Bowl. He will likely be out for a healthy portion of next season, if not all of next season. Um, he's somebody that knows the system, can step right in, and he should be relatively cheap um, based on other linebackers on the market. Uh, familiarity with the coaching staff. So I, I think he can just step right in there. What kind of contract are you thinking? Out of curiosity. Um, maybe a two-year deal. Okay. I, I had him on my list of 10 here. and They got him at two years, 21 million, 10.7 million a year. There you go. And where do you think he would go, Cody, before we get to your next one? Uh, for me, the three I have listed are Patriots, Raiders, and Panthers, but I love Wes's take on the 49ers. That's way better than the three I picked. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think it was worthwhile or wise, Wes, for the 49ers to move on from Steve Wilkes? I think it was reactionary. Um, they brought him in, I think, what, from Carolina? Um mm-hmm. He's a good defensive coordinator, but they limited what he could do. Um, They -hmm. didn't allow him to bring in some of his guys or run his system. They wanted a status quo for what they had been running. Um, I guess from what I've been hearing uh, locally, he was able to deploy um, his own version of his defense on – I think the front seven, but um, in the secondary, they didn't allow him to make the changes. Um, So while I think he was a scapegoat for uh, the Super Bowl, um, I think just the the overall fit probably wasn't good for uh, the 49ers or himself. That's fair. Yeah, I was surprised by it because you don't see coordinators fired too often fresh off Super Bowl appearances. Uh, certainly not wins, but in his case, an appearance. Um, I forgot to uh, say mine when we went around the horn the first time, <clears throat> which rushed up really co- close to Wes's. I think the Chiefs will end up getting a veteran wide receiver like DeAndre Hopkins or Mike Evans if he at free agency. I think that they can get away with paying a receiver about half of what they got out from underneath with Tyreek Hill. And we already know, or we think we know, that Raji Rice is going to ascend into a pretty decent uh, WR1. But we also kind of know that Travis Kelsey is probably going to start to diminish. Uh, He didn't do that in the playoffs, but he looked slightly diminished in the regular season. So I think to avoid any of the malarkey they had with drops or, you know, uh, Kadarius Tony and all that, all of the sins that they had from the regular season, I think they can get get away with getting a DeAndre Hopkins for about half the price on a a short-term deal that they didn't want to pay Tyreek Hill. Um, Otherwise, I guess in theory they could just run it back. But uh, they they were fortunate that the – some of the bozo play that they had from anonymous wide receivers didn't catch up with them in crunch time because it sure as shit did every time they played on national TV. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I just think they'd probably want to hedge the bet as they realize that Travis Kelsey isn't going to be this good forever. So I think they'll get a notable wide receiver to go along with Raji Rice. All right, uh, Cody, we're to you again, sir. Sweet. Um, Nah, I can't really decide which of these two I want to do, so I'm doing them both again. 
Curtis Samuel, uh, one of my more sneaky favorite players in the league. I got him going to potentially the Patriots, Texans, or Panthers. Uh, a Panther homecoming would seem right for for him now that that regime is out of there, the one that let him go. And then the Houston Texans, I think that they're going to want to continue to build around C.J. Stroud, and then the Patriots just need playmakers. And then um, my second one is Noah Fant. I am so excited to see where Noah Fant signs in free agency. Still just 26 years old. He was he had a pretty promising trajectory with the Denver Broncos before they traded him in the Russell Wilson trade. Uh, he did have a career low while splitting snaps this last year, but I mean, send him to like the Cincinnati Bengals. That would be just let this happen, please. But I mean, I would also take him to uh, the New England Patriots and the Washington Commanders as well. Um, I think the Washington Commanders are going to be in a position to really spend some money and they can use upgrades across the board and a low cost prove it deal with the tight end who's still only 26. Um I'm I'm all in on Noah Fant uh, signing with one of these teams. Huh. Huh. So you think that the what uh, sixth year is going to be the trick for him, like or at least he'll bust out? He's never p- played poorly. He's always just been average. You think this is the year, depending on where he goes? Yeah, depending on where he goes. Um, I mean, he, he was part of the All Rookie Team, outperforming his Iowa teammate T.J. Hawkinson. Um. I'll see if I can find it real quick. I actually just wrote an article on Noah Fant, which is why I know most of this off the top of my head. Uh, but, no, uh, it, it was just after he got to Seattle, they have been using him the wrong way, and he's splitting snaps with other tight ends over there the whole time. And then this year, he was mm-hmm. fourth at best in the pecking order in the, in the receivers over there. I think that the, you let this guy go somewhere else, his, his yards per – or his um, – Yards per reception was pretty high to, to start his career, and you can see that definitely take a dip in Seattle. I think he takes a one-year prove-it deal somewhere, and I'm telling you, he might go to Cincinnati. Cincinnati is going to upgrade their tight ends. Well, and um, for and 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 in fairness to Noah Fant, he was mismanaged in Denver too. Yeah, and he and he was hurt over there here and there. Yeah, well. he they didn't use him appropriately to but, match his skill sets at all. But then again, they yeah. had Vic Faggio coaching him. So. Yeah, and he's and he's still <laughs> only he's still only twenty six. His I took a look at his college profile. I mean, it's the stuff that you dream of seeing out of a college tight end. So until the, after this next stop, I'll I'll stop believing in no fan. But one more time, let's sign up for it again. I got uh, one for you, Jason. You know how we talked at length last summer um, about running backs and how they were going through a vicious uh, cycle or portion? There's a lot of good ones on the open market, free agent-wise. Do you think that they bust out of that, or do you think it's more of the same where, you know, why can't they get a decent deal? It's. I. Th- I don't think that 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 decent deal is ever coming back to him. Unfortunately, I know we talked about. It. I think it should. Um. You know, and I and and I was having a conversation with uh with Marcus the other night, and you you credit Denver for 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 this situation that we mm-hmm. find. You remember back in the day? Uh, was it oh one or oh two? 
a running back had equal value as a top cornerback. I mean, it was proven mm-hmm. in the Clinton Portis champ Bailey trade. Mm-hmm. One was yeah. equal to the other. I mean, that's insane to think about, um, you know, mm-hmm. but after that, Denver, when I mean, they, they did that, I thought they were crazy for doing it because I wanted to hang on to that running back. Um, then they went mm-hmm. on that tear and proved that they could just do it with whoever. Um, and I think the rest of the league took notice of that. And mm-hmm. is they're like, well, you know what? We can do that too. Um, so it's unfortunate for them. I mean, it really is. And, and it almost makes you wonder um, if everything back in the 90s was a, almost a mirage and you could have just done that with anybody. Has it always been this way and it just was never attempted? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's that the the running backs themselves are always the same or comparable amount of good or talented. Yeah. But when you transition to a pass happy league, it really doesn't quite matter as much if that guy is only going to get 46% of the carries and even less because we do by committee now um, versus a quarterback who's going to sling it 60 something percent of the time you have that, that value goes to the quarterback. And that the other thing, whether the Broncos pioneered pioneered or not, they certainly did the, Hey, let's just use this guy till his rookie contracts over and then get the next one. The running back by committee thing has changed everything because you can now every team is like, well, we got to get two or three running backs this off season if they don't have one. Whereas when we were all kids or teenagers, it was like, all right, you know, is it going to be Barry Sanders or Emmett Smith? Now you can just get a couple dudes that are decent and then mix and match them. And yeah. I always say that, God, when that first started, it was fantasy football hell because you had no idea. Like, all right, well, these morons, they use two running backs. I'm not going to draft any one of them. But now yeah. we're out of that because so many teams do it. There's equity when you look at your opponent. You're like, oh, okay, well, he's got to decide between Pacheco and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire back when they were kind of vying for the gig. So, yeah, it's it's really fascinating. And that's that's why the value has dipped, too, for the, the bell cows is it's really only reserved for like one or two or three dudes. McCaffrey, it was Dalvin Cook for a couple of years that can get away with getting paid over $10 million. And then here we're talking about Justin Jefferson probably going to get 30 to $32 million per year and <laughs> yeah. nobody's going to bat an eye. So that's yeah. how it's evolved so much. Well, and one um, thing too, I'll, I want to I want to mention about those running backs though. Like we, like you mentioned, quite a few of them. Uh, but you throw Thurman Thomas into there, and I'm just talking about those '90s running backs that seemed to just run rampant for a decade, with the exception of Barry Sanders, and then even prior to that, in the previous decade with Walter Payton. Um, like I know, I know Terrell Davis. I mean, was helped out huge by his offensive line. Um, same with Emmett Smith and yeah. Dallas. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and because those offensive lines would stay together for you know, well, their whole career almost. It seemed like you know, you'd have that whole anchor up front, and you would just know that that's who was blocking mm-hmm. for you um, every game. It's I don't know if that if that's not really the same anymore. I mean, Denver's offensive line's been together for two years, and everybody's making a big deal out of it, like it's an eternity. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, to keep an offensive line together without running the risk of losing one of your offensive tackles or centers if they get you know high praise, they're going to walk for you know the the big money which they they get now. I don't think that they mm-hmm. did back then, so I I don't know. Yeah. 
Um, my next one is Justin Fields because he's probably the most fascinating player that's not a free agent or not a rookie waiting to be drafted um, because it seems like a somewhat foregone conclusion that he will be traded to pave the way for Caleb Williams or if, you know, Drake Mayer, Jaden Daniels gets dragged all the way up the board because you can't really have two. I don't think that would be, that'd be kind of a power struggle. And which I, I, I keep thinking he's going to end up in Atlanta because the offense will be tailor made for him. We would think, and he has all the weapons and whichever team gets him has this real advantageous spot to examine him for a year before they unload the, the money. Otherwise, if he was hell bent on an extension, they could do like a Jordan love situation where it's like, all right, we'll add a little bit on there, but we got to figure out if you're good or elite or anything like that. I don't think he's shown enough right now to march into a new team's front office and say, yeah, I'm here. Now I want my 40 million. I don't think he's that good yet, but he could in theory, get that good with the proper coaching and then a uh, stable of weapons. And I keep thinking back to the Falcons because fields should be gettable for a second or a third rounder. And there's probably a very small chance that a blue chip quarterback prospect falls to the Falcons in the draft. So I think a solution, assuming they like fields is, Hey, we'll just use our second or third rounder this year. Boom. We got our quarterback. We can give him a one year trial. If he's the real deal, we'll happily pay him what he wants. But I think the underlook thing is I don't believe you necessarily have to trade for fields and then immediately say, all right, we're giving you four years, 160 million. I don't think that that has to be required just yet because all he really does in his career is suck for the first 10 games of a season. And then the last eight or or so we're like, oh, this guy looks good. They finally (laughs) figured out how to use him. He's a stud. And it's the same shit every year. So um, that doesn't translate to a gargantuan contract in my mind. Um, I, I don't know if he'll ever morph into a top 10 guy, but he deserves a look. And I think the Falcons are ideal. Let's see, Wes and Cody, do you have another round of free agents or do you want to spring into Cody's draft stuff? We got running uh, back still. Yeah, I have another <laughs> round and I also want to chime in on uh, yeah. Justin Fields. Same. Uh, okay. I had him on my list as well. Um, I could see him winding up in Pittsburgh. I don't know if he stays in the NFC, uh, if they do trade him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good point. I could also see the team that trades for him signing him to a uh, Jordan Love type contract where it's kind of a, a prove it deal, uh, two or three mm-hmm. year prove it deal. That way it alleviates some of that pressure for him to come out and be lights out in year one, uh, but also mm-hmm. protects the, the team trading for him to where it's not just a short term investment. Um, I was listening to a podcast earlier today and uh, fantasy insider Matt Harmon was uh, saying Pittsburgh is the team to, to look out for that Mike Tomlin really likes Justin Fields, that Fields fits uh, new office coordinator Arthur Smith's system um, and would kind of be a, a seamless transition. Uh, Fields has uh, experience playing in the elements. Um, so that, that's a team to, to look out for in, in my opinion, uh, Cody, who did you have, uh, for Justin Fields? Yeah. 
Uh, how about the Patriots? Trade down like like uh, we were thinking and give uh, the second round pick to the Bears. Hmm. Oh, uh, but uh, while Dustin was talking about Justin Fields and he said the suck for the first 10 games and then be awesome for the last day <laughs> and those other little tidbits, I could not stop thinking of the Denver Broncos. <laughs> Bring him in. But that, yeah, that'd just be crazy to do that after the Russell Wilson trade. <laughs> and then um, uh, for or did you already do is it on to me now for the free agent or you? Yes. Go, 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 go ahead. Hit, hit yours. And then um, I can always touch on mine. Uh, before right, we I'll, come I'll do. I'll do. Oh, that's one. right. Wes. Yeah. My bad. No, it's okay. For mm-hmm. me, I got Saquon Barkley. Um, they got him projected at three years, $30 million, 10 million a year. But my fits that I picked for him were the Chicago bears, the Cincinnati Bengals. If they move on from Joe Mixon and then the Houston Texans, uh, the Houston Texans, I mean, this is now is whenever they need to put weapons around CJ Stroud and Devin Singletary did fine last year, but having a talent like Saquon Barkley in that backfield, it already seems unfair and they're in a position to spend that money with the money they're saving on CJ Stroud. So, uh, and then the bears also have that, um, they, they have so much cap room, and if, same with them. If they're taking a rookie quarterback like Caleb Williams, you're going to want to surround him with all the talent in the world as soon as possible. And so having a backfield of Khalil Herbert and Saquon Barkley and Roshan Johnson, that's that's pretty nasty as well. Yeah, I don't think the, any Vikings fans or NFC North fans aside from Chicago would like to see healthy Saquon in the division. So I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, I don't think the Vikings will spend huge on a, on a running back. They already have five, and they have the Moneyball general manager, <clears throat> who I don't think will invest heavily in a free agent running back, but we shall see. All right, Wes, I rudely skipped over you. Which one do you have? No, no, no worries. I, I jumped in on the Justin Fields, and then uh, <laughs> we had to jump over to Cody so he could give his input too. And I, I think it's a nice segue. It gives Cody time to prepare for Cody's corner. Uh, my last free agent – well, actually, he's not even a free agent. He's still under contract. Uh, but he will be on the move this offseason, and that is Tyler Lockett, wide receiver from Seattle. Uh, here is a 32-year-old wide receiver who's due 16.3 million uh, this coming year and 15.3 million the following year. Um, he's still producing, but he is kind of on a, a age decline. And with uh, Seattle drafting JSN in last year's uh, first round. I could see them moving off of Tyler Lockett and utilizing those resources uh, elsewhere on the roster. Uh, So he is a candidate for a cap casualty. Um, I could see him actually landing in Carolina. Uh, Would it work with Lockett and Adam Thielen? Maybe, maybe not. Um, They'd be trending the wrong way in terms of age at the position, but uh, Lockett would reunite with, uh, their head coach, Dave Canales, uh, who came from Seattle, spent, I think, five or six years in Seattle on their coaching staff. So uh, I think the familiarity, uh, the need in Carolina could be um, a match for Lockett. Uh, 
I would also anticipate Carolina to draft a uh, wide receiver uh, with their second round pick um, to also help uh, offset that the age and fill a need. So that that's what I got. <laughs> and this uh, <clears throat> this draft class is we say this a lot now. <laughs> this draft class is pretty deep for wide receiver, especially when you get into the middle and late rounds, at least in terms of value. Um, so. Javon Bakers and those types of guys, Brendan Rice, the bloodline, Jerry Rice's son. There's a lot of guys. I don't know if necessarily they would be, certainly won't be WR1s that late, um, but there's a lot of guys. If your team needs a WR3 or WR4, you're probably going to get some surprise cool assets on day three of the draft. Um, all right, Cody, we're talking about the draft. That means this is your cue. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Now this is getting amped up with the lead up to it, talking more and more <laughs> about the rookies. Um, so with the NFL combine being right around the corner, uh, the most important position for me, at least in terms of dynasty fantasy football is running backs. You know, the NFL combine heavily impacts, which the, the direction of this running back class is going to go. And so I wrote an article over on the rookie rush.com. Um, and I featured, uh, the running backs who have much to gain the running backs who have much to lose. But tonight on the show, I want to feature the running backs. I'm confident are going to have a good week at the combine. You can you can bank this when the combine's over. These three guys are going to have had a good combine for sure. Out of my top ten running backs, um, the first one is Jonathan Brooks, the running back out of Texas. He had an ACL injury late in the year, but he is my uh, RB one. He won't be working out because of his knee injury. But he will interview, though, and he'll display his excellent football IQ. I expect Brooks to crush the interview process. He's, he's, in my opinion, one of the more intelligent backs in the class in the way that he understands leverage, understands defenders, and his ability to see lanes uh, before they open up within a play. Uh, His draft stock floor is very high already, at least in terms of where he's at with his peers. So assuming he's on schedule medically, there's not really going to be an opportunity for him to fall. So his knee injury is kind of like a blessing in disguise because in my opinion, Jonathan Brooks, if he was fully healthy, he would be on my much to lose list because I'm just not quite sure that his athleticism is elite. Like you would think an RB one of the class would be Um, lucky for him though. There's going to be no way to test that this off season. And people are just in a bank on good vibes and what they see on film, which both are going to be great. Um, next, I have Marshawn Lloyd out of USC. He's my RB7. His athleticism is evident on tape. He is a contender for the title of the most explosive back in the class. My biggest question for Lloyd is his vision with the ball in his hands. So, like, whenever I'm watching him, a lot of the times he'll just miss giant opportunities for him, especially because of how explosive he is. If he were to just have vet better vision in the play, he'd be able to break off way more plays than he already does. In fact, he leads the class in breakaway percentage, which is at least 12 points higher than the next guy. It, it could be even bigger than that. And luckily for him, at the Combine, there's no drills for testing your vision, so I expect Marshawn Lloyd's hyper-athletic abilities to give him a safe floor in Indianapolis. 
he's gonna test well. There's no way Marshawn Lloyd doesn't test well. If you if you watch his games, you know that this dude's an athlete. And then to wrap it up, I got Will Shipley from Clemson. He's my RB10. This is another guy with a high football IQ and a good understanding of how to do things right as a running back. I expect him to interview well as uh, as well. And he's also advanced as a receiver. People will be wowed by his fluidity, fluidity and hands and drills. Um, I don't think that there's really a way for Will Shipley to fall in this draft. Even if he runs a 4-5, speed isn't really his game. It's, once again, intelligence, receiving, understanding of the defense. Um, but uh, those are my 100% confident they're going to have a good draft. <laughs> I'll go over the um, just the names of the other categories. On there's much to gain. I got Bucky Ir- Irving um, from Oregon. He's my RB five. He's just facing some size questions, so if he measures well, he can move up. I got Jalen Wright from Tennessee, my RB six. Um, he has an excellent profile. In my notes, I got some size questions as well. So if he comes in above two ten, he could soar. I also got Cody Schrader. He's kind of a sleeper for me. I don't know why he's so late everywhere. He's projected to go late. He's he's barely in most people's uh, top 10 list. But he led the uh, SEC with 1,611 rushing yards last year, third in the NCAA. Uh, if he measures in or if he tests well athletically, he's in a sore up. And then you got Braylon Allen, the speed score champion. Uh, he's six, he's projected to be six foot two, 245 pounds and run a four, four forty. If, if he, this guy's a potential to be the winner of the entire combine, you know, the DK Metcalf of running backs, if all the hype is true. So he could definitely has a lot to gain. And then he's the guy that's 20, right? Yep. And he had, he had early success at 17 years old. He, he was doing pretty good. I'm not as much of a fan. I mean, he's my RB nine, but He's mm-hmm. he's he got some question marks, but none of those will really be exposed at the combine unless he shows up running slow, which I I don't think he will. I think he'll test well. And yeah, as far as dynasty goes, I think he's going to trick a lot of people into drafting him this year, but it won't be me. <laughs> um, yeah. And then there's much to lose. Naturally, these guys are at the top of the of my draft rank and for good reason. Got Trey Benson from Florida State. He's my RB2. Awesome size speed combo projected to be 6'1, 220 pounds. This guy should, he, if he ran under a 4'4, 40, I wouldn't be surprised. It, it, this dude's explosive. Um, but if, if he doesn't test as well, I mean, if his superpower is explosiveness and athleticism, if it, if he doesn't test as well or as dominantly as you expect, then you're kind of taking the shine off of that. There's no way he could stay RB2. And you got Blake Corum. Everybody thinks he's uh, just short and slow and not very explosive. I disagree. I think that he should test well at the combine, and he's going to surprise some people. And then if he ends up, if he does end up testing well at the combine, he could be everybody's RB one just just like that. And then Damn. he's going to end up in in San Diego or in uh, in at the Chargers. Uh, and be the, the next Frank Gore. Um, dude, Blake Corum's a guy, man. I, Frank I don't Gore's care what they the league, isn't he? his son's about to be, yeah. His, or his, his son, son is, could get drafted by the Chargers. Yep. Which his son is my RB11. 
I, I love Frank, Frank Gore Jr. He's good. Man, that guy's been playing for Cody. decades. Cody, can I ask you uh, before we get off air? I don't think you revealed this on this show, but I'm curious. What is your dream scenario for the Vikings at quarterback this offseason? Like involving Kirk, not involving Kirk, a bridge quarterback, not a bridge quarterback, and rookie. What is your, like, this is what you hope happens? I hope that the Vikings get a rookie quarterback. And, um, you know. It's too vague. Yeah, I know. It's it's because my heart is telling me that I want Kirk to resign, but my brain is telling me that, man, just get the rookie quarterback. And it's reckless yeah. for me to sit here and tell you that I want Kirk on a two-year deal and J.J. McCarthy to be drafted 12th overall, you know, or 11th overall. My life just don't work like that. So um, for me – I want the rookie quarterback. Let's let's go ahead and okay. see what Quasi is made of as far as um, being anal- uh, doing analytics or being analytics based. I don't think that it's a smart decision to resign Kirk Cousins, especially coming off the Achilles tear and at his age and with the Vikings being at his mercy as far as leverage and contract talks. Um. Mm-hmm. It's it's just not smart business as a fan of the Vikings, though. I, you know, I want to see Kirk Cousins back, but if I was a Dallas Cowboys fan looking at the Vikings, I would know that they definitely need to move on from Kirk Cousins. How many how many quarterbacks yeah. out of this year's draft do you think are plug and play? Draft them, start them. Five, five, right away. Yeah. Yeah, right away. Holy pull the shit. plug, pull, rip yeah. the bandaid off, and just yeah. get him with, in there. I was going to say, yeah, with the way the NCAA is going, no, for sure, five. Yeah. Um, my, I, I'm kind of, you know, Caleb Williams for sure, Drake May for sure. Um, we'll go with Jaden Daniels. Just, you know, Jaden Daniels. Yeah, we'll aside, go with from, Daniels. aside from those three, though, who else? I mean, I'm I'm less confident in Jaden Daniels than the next two, and Bo Nix and JJ McCarthy. I think J.J. McCarthy and Bo Nix are both more prepared to start right now than Jaden Daniels. But like I said, I think all five are prepared to start week one. And what about Penix? Um, Penix is he's kind of a of an enigma for me. I mean, he could he could probably do it, but I think that he was aided a little bit by the way that offense was run in if Washington. If they all would have came out in the same year, how many of those six? We'll just throw Penix in there. How and I want everybody's opinion. How many of those six is Bryce Young better than? Um. So if you translate to what we were thinking last year, not Bryce Young's. Oh, I think he'd be right there, right behind after Drake May. I said, I said, well. I'm biased towards Drake May because I, I just refuse to believe that he's going to get in the league and be bad. I would say uh, I'd probably go Caleb, Drake May, Bryce Young, and then probably 1A to Jaden Daniels, depending on how this combine is. Really? I really? Know, there, last year, there was no chance Bryce Young was falling past the second overall pick. Not even a little mm-hmm. bit. During the entire process, there was no chance. But Drake and May I still think he's gonna be and Jaden Daniels, there's still whispers of whether or not we're going to have three quarterbacks go top three. Yeah. yeah, Bryce Young. People are people are quick to fall off the Bryce Young bandwagon, but uh, I mean, he was he had the hype. He well, was, yeah. And Stroud, of course, obviously, we and 
it's hard to 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 put this year's bias out of our brain, right? But mm-hmm. before the season started, I didn't think Stroud was going to have half the success that he did. But again, though, I could have swore that we were on this show talking about the quarterback class in a, in a, in a, in its entirety, and not th- not being too high on it at all. Um, last that, last year, or was that the year before? Oh, the, the year before, the year before was dreadfully, year. sinfully bad. Yeah, right. Um, like the only thing any good that came out of it was the very last pick in Brock Purdy, and it's debatable whether or not he's a true blue all star or <laughs> well, just. Uh, I don't even remember who they were anymore. Who was it all? Kenny Pickett, Kenny Desmond Pickett, Malik Willis, oh, yeah, Matt Sandler. Corral, Corral, right? Wes's QB one. Kenny Pickett. I do crucifixes <laughs> like Desmond this Ritter. every year. Desmond <laughs> Ritter was my QB one. Man. I'm so thankful the Vikings, because that was the year they got a new front office. I'm so thankful they didn't walk in and be like, nope, we're getting our quarterback because you would have been stuck with a dickhead. Like, I mean, <laughs> it just none of them are any good. No, I mean, you would have you would have done the Christian Ponder thing where you picked a quarterback just to pick a quarterback. Yeah. It, and was it there a Malik? Uh, yeah, what? Malik Willis. Well, he got talked into the top 10 by the draft community. Yeah. And then the, the NFL was like, nope, we're not doing that. Oh, and he didn't go until the third round. So Kitty Pickett. All right, gentlemen. The next <laughs> yeah, the next time we talk will be the Wednesday night before free agency. <laughs> They're and, still trying to uh, we should <laughs> They're still trying to talk themselves <laughs> well, into that over in Pittsburgh. The Pickett's the guy. Well, maybe Arthur Smith can fix him, right? <laughs> the the ultra flashy Arthur Smith. Uh all right, guys. We'll talk to you in two weeks, which is five days or so before free agency, okay? All right, guys. Good night. All right, take it easy. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.